Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. So, um, I just want to feed off the crowd's energy, and I want you to feed off my energy as we all feed off the Holy Spirit and what He wants to do here. Amen, okay? So that's what we're doing this morning. So what I want to ask is this. Um, I want to ask for your grace this morning because this message this morning is probably, probably out of all messages I have ever preached in a lot of years, 17 and a half years, this one today is probably hits me the hardest. In fact, I don't even know that any of you need to be here today. Maybe I'm just preaching to myself, okay? Um, so hopefully it's going to impact somebody here. Now, we're in at the movies. Who loves this series? Just looking at God's love and joy through I love it, man. I'm a movie buff. And uh, I'm a huge movie nerd. This one, how many have seen Sully? Okay, quite a few. Wow, this is probably the biggest movie I've seen so far. Um, Sully is one of those, you know, dramatic movies, and I actually don't get into very often. However, um, my wife and I, who's right here, we have five kids, and on occasion, we get a little bit of a break. And last March, we had a little bit of a break, and I surprised her, woke her up at four in the morning. Uh, a lot of brownie points, right? Four in the morning. It, okay, just to be real, when I woke her up at four in the morning, you know what she said to me? She said, no, it's too early. We'll just leave it there. And uh, I'm just being real, okay? We're married. We have five kids. Know how it works. Some of you are like, this is the craziest church I've ever been to. And so I said, no, no, no. I had these little pink tags I bought at Walmart for luggage tags. I said, we're going on a cruise right now. And she's looking at me, you're the craziest man I've ever met. And I said, I know, let's go. And so we went on a cruise. We're on this cruise. She was like totally shocked all the way to the airport. Had the kids under control. In fact, one of you were watching our kids for the week. We get on the cruise and they have this um, huge like movie theater outside. I don't know if you've ever seen these. It was crazy. And so the movie that night was, was Sully. And so we sat in the Caribbean Ocean, overlooking, you know, the stars with the movie. It was just like, it was perfect. And so we just sat there and, and watched this movie together. Oh my goodness, this movie is powerful. And so if you're not familiar with the story, it's a true story that happened just a few years ago when Sully, the captain, he had to crash the plane, not crash the plane, land the plane into the Hudson River. How many remember that story in the media a few years ago? Yeah, and so the whole movie, you know, it's Hollywood. They add a few things, obviously. And the movie is actually not about the landing. It's actually about his life and basically how they're all mad at him. Everybody from air traffic and everybody from um, the federal air, they were all just ticked at him because they thought he actually had enough time to go back to LaGuardia Airport and actually land the plane safely. They thought he was just crazy landing the plane in the river. And so the whole rest of the movie, they kind of play this out and you see what takes place um, between them. And so it's just an incredible dramatic movie. It's really good. Um, I'm not a big drama movie fan, but this one is probably one of the best ones I've ever seen. So I would usually don't recommend it, but I recommend it. Now, he starts getting attacked. And if you remember the scene, or you remember in the media, what took place is people said, hey, you had time to actually go back here. And he said, no, I didn't. It was a split second decision. You weren't in it. You have no idea. And it went back and forth. Here's where I want to go today. He could have just gave in. He could have just been like, you're right, man. I could have gone back to LaGuardia. He could have just been like, I'm tired of dealing with everybody getting on me. And he could have just said, you know what? You're right. I could have done it. And he could have gave up. And he could have said, you know what? I'm just going to do that to appease the media. I'm going to do it to, you know, please all the traffic people. He could have been what I call a people pleaser. And he didn't. Now, let me say this this morning. 
every single one of us in this room right now, even the cute little babies that are being held right now, every single one of us has a little bit, at least some people-pleasing tendencies, okay? Some of us have a lot more, all right? Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, it says this. Paul writes, Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of... Is it up there? Oh, it's not up there. Hey, can we put that scripture up there? Do we have... There we go. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I was still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. This is... This is your memory verse for this week. You have homework. I want you to memorize this verse, especially for those of you who are people pleasers. Now, some of you aren't people pleasers. You're like people crushers. We'll get to you in a moment, okay? Now, we have both people in here, all right? What does this have to do with our faith walk? Everything, everything. So this verse right here, Paul is saying, I don't care what happens. I'm gonna follow Christ. My desires, when I get up to heaven someday and I'm standing before God, that he looks at me and says, well done, good and faithful servant. I don't want God to say to me, dude, you were just trying to make sure you didn't get in a conflict or you didn't get in an argument or, or that person didn't leave your church because you did what you, you know, I wanted you to do. I have to stand before God someday and say, God, I believe firmly that I did what you asked me to do. We all have to do that, whether you're a pastor or not. It doesn't matter. Not being a people pleaser, it doesn't mean you don't love people. There's a difference. So let, we're going to take a little test. Who's ready for test time this morning? Yay, tests, woo! All right, let's see where you're at on the scale, okay? Um, you know, you can jot this down if you have a phone. If you want to write it down, you should all have a pen now. Um, and so just, just write this down, true or false. If it's true for you, I want you to think about it. I do not want you to, during this message, I don't want you to nub your spouse. Your spouse. I don't want you to elbow somebody. You know how many times during a Sunday morning you're like, man, somebody needs to hear that. <laughs> you do. Okay, so here we go, all right? True or false, I am much more content when those around me like me. True or false, I usually ask others' opinions before I make a decision for myself. True or false, if someone shows disapproval of a decision I've made, I might change my mind. I do not like to make waves or rock the boat. I often put people's needs before my own. Now here's some of you shouting out true or false. You don't have to do that, just between you and God. I allow others to take advantage of my kindness. This is going to be a lot of us right here. I avoid conflict. We live in the most passive-aggressive state in the entire United States. I feel guilty when I take care of myself. I stay in unsatisfying relationships way too long. And the last one here is saying no is difficult for me. Now, I'm not looking for hands. I don't want to embarrass anybody. But what I want to ask is if you had like at least one of those, if you said true to any of them, you have people-pleasing tendencies. If you said yes to every single one of them, I want you to focus in big time today, okay? Because this is for you. I am a natural people-pleaser. I don't ever want to offend anybody. You add that to ministry, it's like adding gas to a fire, okay? And so every single one of us has a little bit of people-pleasing tendencies. Now, said we talk about people on that flip side, just for a moment, you have to be careful on that flip side. You know, you could be like, well, I know, I'm taking care of myself. I don't care. What happens is then we're not a people pleaser. We can end up running over people. And so we have to find that balance of what God has for us. So being a pleasing person is different than being a people pleaser. It's two different things, okay? So within ministry, it's, man, it's just an incredible epidemic. I don't know many pastors who aren't people pleasers. In fact, 
Just a couple stories here. Um, we first started the church, and we were getting to know everybody in our team, and we'd, you know, we'd have everybody over for dinner all the time. We'd do just great stuff together. Well, this one couple who was a part of our team, um, they invited me over to their house, and, and the guy was having um, just some issues with, with some family, and I was having the same issues with my family. And so he actually invited us to go up onto his rooftop, so we're up on his rooftop, hanging out. It was pretty cool. It was fun up there, you know? And we're sitting down, and, and he's sharing stories, and I'm sharing stories, and I'm just like, I'm being super vulnerable. He's being super vulnerable, and, and I'm going, man, I just, I feel like I'm fulfilling the call of being a pastor, and this, we're just having this great moment. It's just, just an incredible moment, and two weeks later, they left the church, and I'm going, what? What did I do? Like, and, and it hurt. It killed me, because I'm going, man, I, I thought he liked me. I thought we were like friends. He's part of our team. He helped start, a, you know, start the church with us. What, what in the world? And so... I tried to reach out, didn't hear from him, didn't, you know, didn't hear, and, and I'm going, what in the world happened, you know, just, and so all of a sudden, I'm going, man, all of a sudden I realized, I want to make sure everybody likes me, I want to make sure that it's all good, and how silly is that? Well, a year later, after they had left the church, I get a call back from him, and, and he calls me up, and he says, you probably want to know why we left the church, don't you? And uh, I said, and by that time, I was like, I been a year, man. I don't know. I, I really don't care anymore. I'm, I'm praying God's doing great things in your life. Don't know where you're at. And he shared with me the craziest story. And I share this. They're no longer here. They're no longer around. And so I, I share this without sharing who it was. Um, they, he, he called me up and he said, here's the deal. He's welcome to, you know, you hear some weird things sometimes. And he says, you know, I asked my wife if she thought you were hot. Welcome to the bridge. And I'm going, I'm going, what? Like, what, what did you just say? Did I hear that? He's like, yeah, I wanted her to, you know, I wanted to see if she thought you were attractive. And I go, why? Like, that, this, what? What are you talking about? And he goes, well, well, what's interesting is she said, yeah, kind of. And I was like, all right. Thank-. No, and I was like, I was like, are you kidding me? And, and he said, yeah, so we had to leave the church because I didn't want there to be a chance of temptation because I know you probably think my wife's hot. Welcome to my world Monday through Thursday, okay? And I'm going, what do you do with that? And so I just said, you know what? Obviously, we have these things within us where we're going, well, I want you to like me. I'm not interested. I'm happily married for 17 years of five. Good. Like, I, no, there's no temptation. That's, that's your own junk. And, and I'm going, all right, Lord. Well, before that, when I was a youth pastor, I decided to change which camp we went to. Oh, my gosh, man. You would have thought, like, I killed somebody or something people were so mad and you have this this ideal in your mind going god if i do what i know you want me to do everything will go well (laughs) that's funny (laughs) that's really humorous that's good humor okay because it's not the way it always works you know i realized you have a choice to make do you do what god is speaking to you to do knowing you're gonna take off somebody you just know it's gonna happen or you say, you know what, I am going to be the people pleaser. I'm not going to be like Sully. I'm just, I'm just going to cave because I can't, I can't handle it, man. I'm too sensitive, you know. Usually if we're the kind of people that we have to walk on eggshells around us, it's because we're the ones that are killing on the inside. We're dying on the inside, okay. Let me talk to you for a moment. Who's the people pleaser? Don't raise your hand. If you're the people pleaser, and this, I used to sign up yes to every single one of these. If you're the people pleaser, here's what's literally happening to your world constantly constantly around you 
you are trying so flipping desperately to make everybody get along and, and you're the peacemaker and Matt, you even chalked that up. That's a great thing. You get like a badge for that, you know? I'm the peace, peacemaker and I, I don't want anything to ever happen. And you know what's happening? Everybody else is doing great. You are killing yourself on the inside because you're trying to make everybody happy and you're not living out your trueness of who God has created you to be. It's okay to have a different opinion. Go on social media if you think it's, you know, like, just a few in the last few weeks, you know, right? A people pleaser tries to bring everyone else peace and then dies on the inside. There's this myth that having peace, you know, being that peacemaker, it's always a good thing, you know? Maybe you have this, this saying that you've learned, this is this is wrong. You've learned to say, oh man, I... I learned early to keep my big mouth shut and just stay out of the way. God created you not one in a million, but one of a kind. I said that a few weeks ago. You're meant to get in people's way. It's iron sharpening iron. You have differences for a reason. It's important to utilize those differences. A people pleaser will commit unnecessarily to obligations. A people pleaser is trained to react, not initiate. You got to be who God's calling you to be. A people pleaser can allow themselves to be talked into decisions that are not always in their best interest. Because you want to make sure everybody's happy. You want to make sure you didn't offend anybody. You want to make sure everybody likes you. In some weird way, you want control. How do I know this? I'm preaching to myself today, okay? That's where I'm at. Being real with you. A people pleaser is not convinced about their sense of purpose and is trying to fulfill everyone else's and make sure they're living theirs without taking care of your own. If, this is what Lecrae says, the rapper Lecrae, I don't know if you listen to him, I love his stuff, a Christian hip-hop artist. He writes this, he says, if you live for people's acceptance, you will die from their rejection. So powerful. Because you are watching your life through the eyes of others rather than the focus where it should be. What a powerful name it is. My friend? No, Jesus. Alright, so here's what I want to do. The remainder of our time, really quick, I'm going to shotgun out today 10 truths, okay? If you're a people pleaser, I want you to take, I want you just to receive what God is speaking to you today. If you're going, I'm not a people pleaser, but man, I know that I am like just crushing over people, then realize from this other perspective what's taking place. Number one, everybody say number one, come on, number one. Your worth is not determined by people's approval of you. You read this scripture. I really want this to get down into your soul today. We'll put it on the screen. It's Galatians 1.10. It says this. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of, or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Your worth is not determined by people's approval of you, but by Jesus Christ. You ever had that conversation with somebody and you go away from it and the whole time after you have that conversation, in the back of your mind, you're replaying it constantly, and you're going, oh, what if I said something that offended them? What, what if I did something that I shouldn't have done? And, and you're replaying it, and you're thinking, man, i got to just call them. i got to make it right, because they, they might not have understood exactly what I said. Come on, some of us have done this before. Some of you, it's been a few minutes, you know? And, and we go, man, because we want people's approval. We want that. We want to be liked. We want to be likable and approachable. But we need to realize that we are called to live who God has intended for us to live. Number two, settle on your best instincts 
and move forward without questioning your every move. Some of us, we question every move. Most of you know I love to play games, and I love strategy games. Is there anybody that you just love luck games? I just can't comprehend that. Some of you just love those luck games, you know, like Sorry and, you know, uh, what are other luck games we have? Candyland. You know what Candyland is? Tinder or kindling for a fire. That's what Candyland is, you know? Shoots and ladders. Talk about a shame-based game. You know, there's all this stuff. I love strategy games, you know? I like, I like Risk and Mashikoro and Catan and all those. Those are like my favorite. I'm a, I'm a game nerd, man. I love, yes, I love chess, okay? Don't judge me. Well, you can, I guess, but I love chess. And so I love playing chess and sitting down. It drives my kids nuts because what I do is I sit there and, you know, I don't have the clock. I'm not professional. We actually have one professional chess player, believe it or not, in our congregation. And, and I, I don't, you know, click the little clock and whatever, but my kids are like, Dad, are you finally going to make a move? And so finally I just, I give in and I make a move and they end up like, checkmate, yeah, ha ha, Dad, you know, and they just beat me every time. But I think so often we, we know what we're supposed to do, but we get so concerned with what others are, you know, think we're going to do that we start questioning our motives and our moves rather than just making the move. See, I firmly believe when you talk about faith, the way faith works is this. God operates in faith like this. Some of us go, I'm so afraid to take this step this way that we don't ever end up taking it. Faith says, I don't know what's going to happen when I take this step, but I'm going to take this step and see what happens. My belief firmly is this, this is my opinion, this is not scriptural. My belief is that God will reward the step of faith even when you get it wrong more than he will reward you not taking a step of faith at all. He wants you to do that. Don't worry about what everybody else is going to say or think. He has created you for a reason. Number three. Everybody say number three. All right. An alternative to worry is decisiveness. Today we begin with our operation in human performance investigation on the crash of USA Airways Flight 1549. Water landing. Captain? This was not a crash and it wasn't a ditching. We knew what we were trying to execute here. It was not a not a crash. It was a forced water landing. Why didn't you attempt to return to LaGuardia? There simply was not enough altitude. The Hudson was the only place that was long enough and smooth enough and wide enough to even attempt to land the airplane safely. Air traffic testified that you stated you were returning to LaGuardia, but you did not. I realized I couldn't make it back, and it would have eliminated all the other options. Returning to LaGuardia would have been a mistake. Okay, well, let's get into how you calculated all those parameters. There was no time for calculating. I had to rely on my experience of managing the altitude and speed of thousands of flights over four decades. You're saying you didn't do anything? I eyeballed it. You eyeballed it? Yes. You know, it's interesting is his co-pilot for that day, the way it works in the, the air world, they just met that day. They didn't know each other. And so on big airlines, they come together. And you'll see here in one more clip I want to show you. Um, unlike this clip where it seems everybody's against him, you know? He could have gave in. He did. He's the epitome of what we're called to be. I love it. I love his story. Number four. Everybody say number four. Make decisions based on freedom, not compulsion. I have this cool scripture I want to share with you that I believe God wants to speak to you today with you. It's Galatians chapter 1 verse 10. It says, Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. 
Some of you are going to have to hear this seven times today before you realize God's speaking to you. Not called to please people. We're called to please Jesus Christ. It's that simple. To choose freedom, we have to realize you don't have to fit someone else's mold. You know, of, of you. You don't, you don't have to read their minds first and be like, i got to figure this out. My wife and I, it's crazy. When we started dating, you know, we, we, you ever have this conversation? You're in a car and you're trying to figure out where to eat when you first start dating? How many know how that conversation, I don't know, where do you want to go, honey? I don't know, where do you want to go, honey? I don't know, where do you want to blah, 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 blah. Just pick a place. All right, honey, we're going to White Castle. I don't like White Castle. <laughs> what? Now, 17 years of marriage, you know what happens? She tries to guess what I'm thinking where I want to eat. And then she gets it wrong. And I'm just like, just pick one. Just go there, you know? So McDonald's sounds great. Let's go. All right. Stop trying to make a decision based on everyone else all the time. You can't read their minds anyway. I'm living proof for 17 years you cannot do it. 17 and a half. Can't do it. Like I said, when God took that rib out to make Eve, that was the mind-reading rib. It is gone. You do not have it. Okay? Ladies, you came out of that rib, the do not read minds rib. Okay? So we, none of us have it. It's not just a guy thing, not just a gal thing. Okay? Number five. Stop apologizing unnecessarily. I'm sorry. I just really needed to share that point this morning. Sorry. You know who you are. You do this. And it drives the people around you nuts because why, what are you apologizing about? I love this. I love, you know, like, you know, there, there's a big weather system and, you know, a tornado comes through and you got to cancel plans for fishing. And, you know, a guy calls you up and says, man, I'm just really sorry about that. Why? You can control the tornado? Like, why? why? Yeah, I'm sorry that we can't hang out, but you have no control over that. And so don't, don't demean who you are. Be confident in who you are. Number six, rolling right along here. Stick to a decision without overanalysis. Don't overanalyze it all the time. If you're a people, please, oh, what's going to happen? How's it going to be? And the reason is you're really a good person. You love people. You want to make people happy. But while you're doing that, you're dying on the inside. And overanalysis will lead to paralysis. It just happens. Here we go. Number seven. Everybody say seven. Four more. Here we go. Number seven. Don't agree on something you disagree with. It'll catch you in the end. Truth will come out. Truth sets you free. It's biblical. There's another biblical thing that I want to share with you. Paul writes about it. I think it's a really important scripture today with this message. It's found in Galatians chapter 1 verse 10. It reads like this. It says, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. You know what's funny about this later? Some of you are going to be mad that I only shared like one scripture in all of the service today. You know? Well, that's what I believe God wants me to do other than one more scripture I'm going to share in a minute. It's not that one. It's a different one. Be prepared. But we have to realize, what does God want us to do? Leave it up to Him. Let the pieces fall how they might. Number eight. Be a little less Superman and admit you're human. You ain't Superman. This is me on the left, and this is Ryan. And I'm not going to share Ryan's last name because he still lives in our, our community and he has a, a business here. We, we lived next to each other in fifth grade. And uh, I, Superman was, man, he was like my hero. 
back in the day. And Ryan and I, this picture shows us being like best of friends. We hated each other. We hated each other. We loathed each other. Like, first kid I ever got in a fist fight with in my entire life, ever. And I don't even remember what happened, honestly. I don't, I don't know who won. I, you know, I, you just walk away and I think you go, you know, you go play Nintendo or something afterwards. But we, we got into this big argument and I remember walking away going, oh my gosh, I probably hurt his feeling. I probably did this. I want to make sure I'm still okay with my neighbor. And, and really, yeah, I don't want, I want to be a pleasing person. I want to make sure I'm doing right. But I don't have to worry about making the decisions that Christ wants me to make. And I don't have to worry that I'm not going to be perfect. I'm not going to do it perfect all the time. Can't. It's impossible. There's this thing called grace, and we get what we don't deserve. We have to offer that to other people. We're, none of us are... Some of us in here, we're a little closer to Batman, okay? It's okay, we forgive you. But some of us want to be Superman. We think we got it all together. You're not. You're not invincible. Things will hurt. Things will happen, okay? That's the way life is. So be okay with being a little less Superman. Number nine, I got two more. Here you go. Stop assuming the alternative to peace is war. You gotta stop us. We think as people pleasers, worst case scenario, what happens is you start thinking, well, this could happen, and then this could happen, and then that could happen. And we keep going down and down and down further and further and further until like we're so far gone, like it's it becomes an idol is what happens, because that's not even what God had intended for anything to even take place. It's not the way it works. And so we've got to realize that when we don't be the ultimate peacemaker, war's not gonna break out. It's not gonna happen. I shared, you know, a week ago that 8% of what we worry about happens. 8% of it. And out of that 8%, 4% you have control over. That's a pretty small amount. Pretty small amount. People pleasers, they like control. They like control. They want it. They want to control how someone responds. They want to control if someone likes them or not. They want, to, they want everybody to like them. You know, I... I equate this to a chess game, back to chess for a moment. When you are sitting on a chess game, you're playing defense and offense all at the same time in chess. Do you have any control as a chess player the move the other opponent makes? You don't. You don't have any, you know, you could like twist their arm or something or, you know. You can't control that. You have, you have no way of doing that. Your pieces will fall where they might. Theirs where it will as well. That's okay. Let me give you the last one here. Number 10. Number 10. Let your yes be your yes and your no be your no. I have one more clip for you. Here we go. Can we get serious? Captain? We've all heard about the computer simulations and now we are watching actual sins, but I can't quite believe you still have not taken into account the human factor. Human piloted simulations show that you could make it back to the airport. No, they don't. These pilots were not behaving like human beings, like people who are experiencing this for the first time. Well, they may not be reacting like you did. Immediately after the bird strike, they are turning back for the airport, just as in the computer sims, correct? That is correct. They obviously knew the turn and exactly what heading to fly. They did not run a check. They did not switch on the APU. They had all the same parameters that you faced. No one warned us. No one said you are going to lose both engines at a lower altitude than any jet in history. But be cool. Just make a left turn for LaGuardia like you're going back to pick up the milk. 
This was dual engine loss at 2,800 feet, followed by an immediate water landing with 155 souls on board. No one has ever trained for an incident like that. No one. In the Teterboro landing, with its unrealistic bank angle, we were not the Thunderbirds up there. I'd like to know how many times the pilot practiced that maneuver before he actually pulled it off. I'm not questioning the pilots. They're good pilots. But they've clearly been instructed to head for the airport immediately after the bird strike. You've allowed no time for analysis or decision-making. In these simulations, you take in all of the humanity out of the cockpit. How much time did the pilots spend planning for this event, for these simulations? You are looking for human error. Then make it human. This wasn't a video game. It was life and death. Sully's right, that's worth a few seconds. Please ask how many practice runs they had. Okay. <clears throat> 17. <sighs> 17. The pilot who landed at Teterboro had 17 practice attempts before the simulation we just witnessed. All right. If you haven't seen the movie, man, see the movie. It's so great. Let me close with this here. Number 10, let your yes be your yes and your no be your no. He didn't fall back. He didn't retreat. He said, this is what happened. He even brought up proof, you know? And it's cool. Don't just look at the Tom Hanks Hollywood. Read the actual story. It's very cool, very inspiring. I have a new scripture for you. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3. It's a scripture and a prophecy about Jesus and it says this, it says, He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. It's about Jesus. Is there anyone more perfect than Jesus in all the earth? Even historians say Jesus walked the earth. So he was either Lord, liar, or a lunatic. Those are the only options. I believe he's Lord. I believe he's Lord. Lord Jesus was rejected, was despised. So what makes us think that we're any higher than Jesus, that that won't happen from time to time? You see, if Jesus was rejected, what makes you think you're not going to be someday? We're not above that. You see, people pleasing, it ends up hiding the real you. People can reject or judge you, but you can still permit yourself to be uniquely you. Let's face it, there's two realities here that are very interesting. They're unspoken a lot of times. Let's ask the question, are there people who don't like you? Yeah. What? So that's supposed to be life-giving and encouraging. Yep. I'm encouraged by the fact there are people that probably don't like you. Now flip it, though. Here's how we know this. Do you like everybody? Oh, okay, I see what you did there. <laughs> no, we, no, we're not meant to. We're meant to love everybody in Christ, obviously. Can't please everybody. Don't expect everybody to think you are the greatest thing since sliced bread. You're not. 
but you are one of a kind in which God has purpose and plan for you. And so allow him to utilize you and live out the best version of you. Let me close with this. Those who care least about others' approval and most about living your authentic Christian life will find true joy. Don't worry about what others think. Let's pray. That's what I want to ask you to do. Every head bowed. I'm going to invite the ushers to come forward. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for who you are. I want every eye closed right now. If you are saying, I know God is speaking to me today. I know God is doing this. I just want you to lift up your hand so I can see you right now. If that's you, just raise it up really quick. All right, and put your hands down. Just about all of us here, just FYI. Let's pray. God, you know us. You want us to live the best version of ourselves, not for us, but for your glory, God. Today, the way that we can start that is by starting a relationship with you. Today, if you say, man, I've never started a relationship with Jesus Christ, today's your day. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I believe in you. I have messed up, and I want to live my life for you. That's all you have to do. You have to believe it, and then start. It's that simple. Maybe you're going, Pastor Chris, man, I am a people pleaser, and I need to see God's value and approval of me rather than someone else's. If that's you, I pray that God will continue to speak that truth over you this week as he did in Galatians. Maybe you're on the flip side, and you're going, you know what? God's speaking to me. I just run over people, and I need to be a pleasing person. If that's you, I pray God would speak to you. And then let's encourage each other as we walk and run out our faith. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.